Hello, welcome back to another podcast of Bear It All with myself and Mama. And today we're going to continue on our conversation that we started on our last podcast episode, talking about still being in the midwifery game, still being in the pregnancy, birth, the options, why you would choose one and not the other, depending on what feels good for you. And we're going to start by really tuning into mum. And mum, I would love for you to share with all of us just your experience with who you, you've had the three babies, who you chose to have your care through, and I guess why, like, because I know you've had two different types. So, yeah, that would be really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So I started off in Melbourne and I was nursing in Melbourne. So I had private health cover. So I chose a private obstetrics, beautiful woman named Jill. And so I was having all my visits with her and having worked in the healthcare system, I, for some reason, had this thought that I wanted to be a private patient, but in a public hospital because the public system is all that I knew and I felt that, I'm going to say it and it sounds yucky, but it I felt like the care may have been better for a private patient in the public system, for example, having your own room. So that was my experience in Melbourne where I had uh, my first baby, Taylor, at St George's Hospital in Kew. And then we moved to Wodonga where I had Darcy at Wodonga Hospital and the system, I was also private with my own, he's a GP and also an anaesthetist. And so I had Darcy in Wodonga Hospital where I knew a lot of people only from, you know, family, friends, etc., who were nurses at the hospital. So I got well looked after. I got a private room and all was good. And then the same when I had you, beautiful, was Wodonga Hospital, private room and also being private. So I, that, that's my experience is that, yeah, I just felt like having a private room was really important to me and mm. not that fathers stayed over or anything like that back then, but um, just, you know, having that privacy and being able to feed and have visitors and, you know, not maybe being disturbed by another baby next door or throughout the night, to me felt, yeah, worthwhile and quite valuable. Mm. And I think so many people, so many of our listeners would agree with you that if you can get your own room, why wouldn't you? Mm. And I guess, did you feel like your experiences were empowering? Did you feel, do you remember feeling like a sense of empowerment after your birthing or did you feel like, well, what just happened? I don't really want to even go there or think about that anymore. Yeah. What did you feel? Oh, I felt, I felt amazing. I felt like I had this huge achievement that, you know, I'd birthed this baby and they were all healthy and great and I was on top of the world. Yeah. I certainly felt really proud of myself and feeling amazing yeah Mm, that's awesome Mm. I just remember and I hope you don't mind me touching on this when I shared the birth documentary which was American based and it was talking Mm -hmm. about the systems 
and I I suggested that Darcy and Liv, who are pregnant, watch this to like educate themselves. And it was very American. So they've watched it in Australia one since then as well. But I remember your <laughs> I I was so worried because I was like, yes, this is amazing. Everyone needs to watch this. I sent it to you as well as them. And you were horrified by seeing that. And I wonder, like, thinking back, so so just to give some context around that, the American documentary was a lot more about showing, it was showing women on their backs, legs up in stirrups, and they were talking about it like this is the medical system, is can be the medical system, and a lot talking, like a lot more like traumatised events and just, like, giving you the whole picture, I felt. And I was really worried for Darcy and Liv to watch it because I'm like, oh, no, it might put negative. If mum kind of was a bit upset by it, then they may have that experience as well. But they really loved that and they were like, no, this is empowering, telling us that this is what we don't want and tell us, showing us as another option. But do you think, knowing that you, re- that you had that response to that movie, do you think that there may have been some experiences for you? Oh, for sure. Like watching these women, you know, having no choice and being, you know, strapped up in stirrups and, as you said, flat on their back was, is very disempowering. And, and for me, sure, that, that was certainly with a couple of my deliveries, that was my experience. Mm. But I didn't know anything else. Like I mm. felt that the medical system was, that's, that's how women labored. I didn't know. I wasn't informed and and unlike how we can be informed these days. So to watch it again, like, really triggered me and made me feel really <laughs> like there was some injustice there, but there wasn't, you know, like there wasn't. But, it, yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy watching, watching it. Mm. I think that that's like we only feel those responses. Like if Darcy and Liv had come back to me and said the same thing, then I would have been like, okay, this is probably. But because they had the total opposite, I was like, oh, this is maybe showing that something's been brought up for mum to Mm -hmm. process within yourself. And it's interesting, going off on a little bit of a tangent, I've seen friends and, yeah, friends I'll say because I'm close with them even after they've had their baby and seeing how they process the birth. And one beautiful friend in particular that's in my mind, her first birth was challenging and intervention. And with her second pregnancy, she had huge amounts of anxiety. And I would kind of say, do you think it's about the birth, the first birth that happened? But she didn't have an association with it being traumatic at all. She was just like, no, 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 it just is what it is. And I think a lot of women feel this. They feel this, well, then I was, you know, the, the, we needed to do it. The doctors needed to do it or I have some acceptance around this, but uh, internally what our cells and our body is telling us is like actually what, what the fuck just happened. Like, whoa, like a bit of shock factor in that. But we can tell ourselves it was normal. I've also got another friend who has said that, when she told her doctor after the experience that it, she feels traumatized by it, they said, wow, you shouldn't feel traumatized by that. Like there's way worse situations that could happen. So that actually was like, that actually was okay. And then she squashed down her own, you know, inner trauma in that. But 
I just want to make it clear on this as well. Just because you pick one type of care service does not mean you're going to be traumatized. Whereas if you go to another one, you're guaranteed to not to have a really beautiful experience. There's no biasism. I know so many women that are like, I'm going to have, you know, the most beautiful home birth with midwives and have it like be it all on my terms. And even the most normal of normal can still feel really traumatizing to women. So it's not definitely not biased and with whichever one you choose. Yeah. Do you want to say anything on that? Yeah. I, 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 I'm just sitting here nodding and thinking, yes, yes, yes. So what, what I probably, what I thought we would also touch on is the cost so that, you know, our listeners can have an idea of the difference between the cost of public and private because you're in the know and you have an idea of what the different options are and what the cost is as well. Yeah. So a private obstetrician, which is what you said you had mum in Melbourne, the first mm-hmm. birth, is can be anywhere from 5000 to 20000 So in that system you will get like a baseline fee, I guess, with this obstetrician of your choice and you get that continuity learning who the obstetrician is. And so throughout the pregnancy, you get to know the obstetrician, depending on what services you need in, in labour and birth. So epidurals more expensive, cesarean sections more expensive because you have to pay a fee then to the anaesthetist, which is a different type of specialist doctor. Then when your baby gets has a check over by the paediatrician, which is another, you have to give them a fee. So it can be... Not as expensive, but I have known a lot of people that have got all these bills coming in after and they're in this postnatal phase where they're still trying to find their feet and they've got these big bills coming in. So just so you're aware, it can be quite expensive depending on the situation. And then you've got the private midwives. So your private healthcare, sorry, I'll just go back, can cover some of that with the private obstetrician in the private hospital. It's very dependent on the on your type of insurance and things like that with how much. Private midwives, you can't use your private health insurance. They will be anywhere from like two and a half grand, depending if you just want like pregnancy care, that can be a couple hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. If you just want postnatal care, that could just be a couple hundred dollars. So they've got different packages that they offer. I love Um, that. Can we just stop with that? I just love that. There's those options of the, you know, the pre-birth care and the after-birth care so that you've got an option of just taking a package with them Mm. to support you throughout your pregnancy. And then, and then there's also a package for after, you know, pregnancy and, you know, the first six weeks. That's friggin' beautiful, you know? Mm. Yeah, it is. And I think that it can kind of almost like cater to everybody. Yes, it's still an out-of-pocket fee. My passion, and you know this, Mum, because we've talked about it so much, is I want to be more available to people who have not known any different, gone through the system, and then kind of fallen when they go home and they're like, oh, gosh, no one really talked to me about this phase, postnatal phase. And midwife care can, and we go up to six weeks postnatal. So that's still within our specialty. And I would love to be more available to those people, not just the people that want the whole continuity throughout. Like that is amazing, but that's what most of the private midwives 
offer and do with the home birth or hospital birth as those packages as well. So, but I feel like there's a small population that is in the know and maybe can afford the whole lot of the packages. And then there's a whole lot of the general population that still really need that postnatal support up to six weeks of mm-hmm. that continuity, that reassurance, baby weighing, you know, home visits so they don't have to go out, breastfeeding, all of this, emotional support. Yeah, so that's what I'm really passionate about is making it all available and not just being like, no, you need to have this whole package or that's all I'm offering, which is amazing that there are midwives out there do it. You know, we just need someone for every part. So it could be like a couple hundred dollars if you're going to just get one of those packages all the way up to $6,000. So the $6,000 would be if you're having a home birth and with the two midwives. And, yeah, I think that's all. I just wanted to... The hospital obviously is is no... You know, if you oh. were just going public or, you know, in the in the hospital system, is there all free. All completely free. free? And here in the Sunshine Coast, we are so incredibly lucky. We've just got a new hospital. Oh, it's a couple of years old now. Maybe University Sunshine University. Coast University Hospital. Mm-hmm. It's really big and beautiful. So you don't pay for anything, and they have all single rooms, and your partners can stay over. So that is incredible. Can you say that again? (laughs) Everybody gets a single room for free and partners can stay. That is freaking incredible. Yeah, it is. And that should be like nationwide. That should be international. That should be the the gold standard. standard. Mm -hmm. But that's not standard. And in the old hospital, and this is more like what I've worked in, the old hospital, there was like a four bed bay, um, where you, there's like one big, big room where there's four beds in there. And so what that means is your partners wouldn't be able to stay over and babies will be crying, you know, at any time and just really lack of sleep. Visitors. visitors yeah, yeah. During the day. So like lack of privacy. Most of the hospitals I've worked in like that, they were kind of just had that curtain that was dividing them. So if you're breastfeeding you don't always feel like there's complete privacy yeah so we're very lucky here but this is not the standard this is not the normal in beautiful like small little rural hospitals like in Gympie they've got all of them are single rooms and I know some other ones like Daniloquin in New South Wales all had single rooms not like just two because they were small birth numbers so there, there are exceptions definitely around, but most of the time in the public system, there is like a, an expectation that you'll have to share a room. So you were also saying, we were chatting before we got on to record and you were saying that Sunshine Coast Hospital, University Hospital, you had to cut, make, make a, oh, yeah. like close in there. there, how far away you could live to actually come and birth there because everyone wants to birth there. Yeah, so people from Brisbane, absolutely. You know, <laughs> an hour and a half away were wanting to come and birth there for the facilities and what was offered at that hospital. Uh-huh. Is that correct? Absolutely. So they had to put in a catchment area. So that means there's like a, a boundary. And if you live outside of this boundary, like if your address is outside the boundary, they won't take in any referrals. And obviously, if you're on the doorstep and you're birthing, they will 
they will, you know, help you, but they mm-hmm. will try and transfer you as soon as, you know, postnatally well, everyone's well, they will, they'll transfer you back to a closer hospital to your catchment. So, yeah, they had to put that in because everyone was coming from far and wide to birth mm-hmm. this amazing hospital, which you can understand why. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of go back and talk about a conversation that I had with a beautiful friend yesterday and her husband, and they are quite nearly pregnant, and they were just kind of sharing with me about their little journey. And months ago when I caught up with my beautiful friend, she was informing me that she wanted to start trying. They were, they were trying for a baby, and it was this frustrating kind of, you know, month after month getting a period can be very very disheartening, very frustrating. And yeah, so you, I, I hear from them that there's like this goal to get pregnant. So the goalposts are getting pregnant. And then, and then there was this moment for them where the pregnancy test was done and it was positive and they both were like, Oh my God, now what? Mm-hmm. Like literally now what? We don't think about this part. We've like reached the goal, the goalposts but we haven't thought about like the next steps or where to from here. And I hear this so much, like even with like Darcy and Liv, but they definitely had me breathing down their throats about what next. And last week we were touching on like the uh, why getting in contact with private midwives and why finding out the information really soon is important. And what I didn't really give the context to and touch on is that it's because like up in Sunshine Coast here, we've got, we've, we're so lucky. We've got so many private midwives around. However, the demand is higher still than the amount of midwives that we have. Each midwife will only take two to four a month. So each month they've got two to four women that are birthing. And what that means is that the spots get filled up really quickly. And most midwives, if they have got someone who has birthed with them previously and had that continuity in birth, they've kind of got the priority. So even if they check in like afterwards, normally it's like either I'll find a space for you or you're my priority because you've got that relationship with each other. So that's why I kind of wanted to stress it. And I don't think I really mm-hmm. gave that context to it, that it it's because of the high demand and the numbers that the midwives will take each month. And so in other states, there's definitely less available private midwives around. Like we have a huge number here on the coast and in Queensland, but everywhere else, there's definitely not as many. But also there may not be as much awareness in those areas as well. So there may not be as like a huge need to jump in. However, I would just always recommend if you're like listening to this or done your research and like this is what I want. It's like this preconception kind of knowing and conversation that that's an option and that's what you want. And therefore you would want to be making that referral really quickly to from yourself, just calling them up. So yeah. But getting back to your friend, about, you know, getting to the goalpost at 12 weeks and then, or not, sorry, yeah. not 12 weeks, but a positive pregnancy test. And then what, what to from here? You know, yeah. Looking at each other and going, well, what, what do we do now? You know, it, oh, it sounds like such we, a beautiful moment where they just both <laughs> laugh and they're like, Oh my gosh, no one tells us what to do now. And actually 
GPs in the medical field in some area, not specifically with pregnancy and that, but he's in some sort of medical field and he's even like, well, what? No one tells you what to do. <laughs> You're just trying to get to the goalpost of pregnant. And now it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess we go to our GP and they'll let us know. And, yeah, my beautiful friend has also been feeling like she gets to a GP and it's like, well, now what? And even she did talk to me yesterday about this. She rocked up and then and then her GP is like, oh, okay, so what can I do for you today? And she's like, ah, oh, we discussed last time I'm here for my 12-week check or I need the referral for my ultrasound kind of thing. So it's this constant prompting as well. So for her to be onto it, which if you don't know, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. You're meant to tell me. Someone else is meant to be guiding me here around what is next? What is next? I don't know what's yeah. coming up. That's and so I think, true. I can just yeah. see it happening with a GP. You know, he's busy. He doesn't know oh, what you're here absolutely. for. And you have to be. You're the one that has to be keeping keeping up with you know what's next and you don't even know yourself you know mm-hmm. you and yeah that's really that's yeah it's really tricky yeah and I just see that this is this would be so common mm. like this is not just my friend's individual story this yeah this would be majority of the population story as well and mm-hmm. so I just want to speak to that I want to it be known that you know, everyone's just trying to get to the goalpost of getting pregnant and then you get pregnant and it's not so many people look at kind of ahead mm. when you're trying to get pregnant, maybe because you don't want to assume it's going to happen. You know, there's so much disappointment possibly happening or maybe it just happened on the first month and you were like, oh, we'll just start and then it's happened and you're like, oh, my gosh, like this shock <laughs> factor of it. Yeah. But it was going to take, you know, months. So it could be the opposite, but there's it always seems to be obviously the big shock of mm. the positive and then, yeah, knowing where to go from there. And if your GP doesn't know all the options, so there are GPs around that definitely will not promote or even discuss as an option private midwives or and my friend said that when she was discussing with her GP, her GP had asked her, So do you want to go into the private hospital, public hospital? Like those were her two options. And they are not, I think it's legally, they're not allowed to even promote or discuss a home birth, but even just as an option for a private midwife. So when my friend said, I'm going to go with a private midwife, I know a private midwife, the GP was really all for it, which I'm very highly surprised about. And really, I think that's amazing that, yeah, the GP had said like, yes, if you can afford that, if that is something that you can afford, absolutely go that way for that continuity. But yeah, it's definitely this common thing of, okay, now what? And feeling like this. There's also a lot oh, to fit so in. Much. Like there's a lot of, you know, tests. There's a lot of, you know, in that first 12 weeks, like I just remember from Darcy and Liv and I'm thinking, really? Like they were quite busy, you know, mm. they were busy with appointments and, you know, there, there is time frames where things have to get done by. You know, you have to have this yeah. done by this time and and maybe that's another, that's definitely another podcast probably, you know, mm-hmm. what to expect, you know, once you've, you know, found out you're pregnant. I think there's a lot there. Yeah. Mm. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, I think it's important to feel like you can maybe talk to someone mm-hmm. and if you don't have family members that you feel like you can talk to, especially because like I think I'd mentioned on the last podcast that 
I don't want to tell anyone because it's early and you're not really meant to this, like you're not meant to tell anyone until you're past 12 weeks. So if you don't feel like if that's, if that feels right for you and you feel like you don't want to discuss this with any family members or friends that have been through the pregnancy stage and you want to keep it to yourself until that period, you could be going along until your 12 weeks, still not knowing your options, still feeling really in the dark. Just waiting. And I, and just waiting and just still unsure and like, I guess yeah. everything's okay. I guess I'll go mm-hmm. this way. I guess like I don't really know. I think that that's something I'm so passionate about is I feel so lucky that I have done midwifery. I'm a midwife and I know the systems. And so I know how quickly and how, how important it is to get care early if that's what you want and to just feel like the power is back in your hands in terms of what's up ahead. Like, let's just talk about, okay, so what's up ahead is your next appointment, these tests, this is what it will do, this is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I would really love to, like, put it out there for anybody. If you're going through pregnancy and you're feeling alone, if you're really early pregnant, you don't have anyone else to talk to, I have offerings that just do, like, a Zoom call. So it doesn't matter wherever you are, we can talk about options of care. So I could do some Googling with your area and find if, you, if there are any private midwives, if there are doulas, support, like birth support, pregnancy support people, if like what the private system is, what the public system looks like. Can you get a private room in a public hospital? Like all of these different variables up in the air. I can actually look into that for you and help you to navigate, to know all of your options in that area if you don't really feel like you know. And then also just education as well. So even if you're like later on in pregnancy and you're feeling a bit lost or don't know what's up ahead or want to process some things around the birth or postnatal or, you know, partnership, relationship things, that I do offer that. And that's what I'm really passionate about is I feel like that help and that support should be accessible to everybody. So if you don't feel like you have someone in your own personal life or in your region or you don't know if you do or not yeah online is a blessing it's such a blessing so reach out reach out yeah um, definitely reach have a out. chat and you know look at look at what options are available to you and have someone there to, to help you through it is mm-hmm. great so we've got the links in the show notes if you want to contact zoe yeah we're going to put my email address in yeah, and my instagram that. account so if you you can get in touch with me anyway. I will, I'm accessible. So through email or shoot me a DM in Instagram. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And we'll certainly continue this, this topic. I think, I think there's a lot, a lot of information and a lot to offer our listeners in this space. So thank you, Zoe. And um, we'll see you all next week. Yeah. See you all next week. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We would love for you to share this episode with a friend or someone who you know needs to hear it. Till next week, stay open, stay curious and show up for what's important. Lots of love.